a retrospective podcast, episode 11. Hello and welcome to the Retrospective Podcast. My name is Dean Abbott and I'm the author of the essays found at my website, deanabbott.com, and host of this companion podcast. Each week I compose a new essay and read it here. Text versions of the essays can be found in the column archive at deanabbott.com. The podcasts can be found at retrospectivepodcast.podbean.com or in the iTunes store. If you like the show, I'd ask that you stop by the iTunes page and write a review. Of course, I'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to contact the show, you can do so by emailing me at retrospectivepodcast at gmail.com. Before I start this week's show, I'd like to let you know that I've launched a second podcast. This one is a long-form show devoted to retro and Americana topics. You can hear it at neighborhoodalmanac.podbean.com. I've been using Podbean for both the Retrospective Podcast and Your Neighborhood Almanac. As I was trying to upload last week's Retrospective Podcast, Podbean told me I had exceeded my storage limit. This means that for a while, whenever I post a new episode... An old episode will disappear. I hope to have this remedied soon. Now, here's this week's essay. Maybe it's the weather. Maybe it's stress. Maybe it's age. Whatever the reason, I've been tired lately. For the last few months, I have found I am ready to start winding down for bed once evening arrives. When I say evening, naturally, I mean any time after 2 p.m. When supper is over, it's time to let the effects of another demanding day roll away. I'm ready to relax, to sit in my chair and read, maybe watch television. I want simply to sit and do those things I have had little chance to do in the rush of a regular day like breathing, and, possibly, if I'm up for it, some sighing. The problem is that not every member of my family shares this desire. The disparity causes some tension, and we cannot seem to get on the same page about this. We just have very different ideas about what activities constitute proper means of preparing for bed. I think the best way is to be still, The goal is to make up for the exertion of the day by moving as little as possible. I am committed to preparing for rest with some pre-rest rest. My four-year-old disagrees. She believes the best way to prepare for sleep is by jumping off furniture. She also believes, and I have evidence for this, that the way to maximize the effect of throwing oneself off a piece of furniture whose height is at least equal to your own is by getting a running start. Lately, when I put her to bed, before she will even consider lying down, she insists on playing a game with me. The game consists of only two moves. First, she stands on the far corner of the double bed and runs hard at the opposite side, her thin legs pumping, gathering speed with every step. When she reaches the last centimeter of bed, she leaps. The game's second move is this. I catch her. I reach out, 
feel my hand curving around the little belly, and lift. Her feet soar in a semicircle out into space and back to the bed. We do this three times. Once in a while, we pretend that instead of a thousand Polly Pocket shoes and My Little Ponies strewn over the floor, it's New York down there, and that when she leaps, she is flying unencumbered over the grand city. This does not tire her out. Before she falls asleep, she will spend at least an hour playing quietly. We will know she is not sleeping because her idea of playing quietly involves thumping something heavy against the wall. We will listen to her steady beat until she comes downstairs wanting a snack. We give her one, knowing that she will be back in a little while, asking me to come up and tuck her in. Naturally, these requests conflict with my no-moving-pre-rest-rest policy. It is a contest of wills I usually give in, hoping to enact my inaction policy when I return. Everything I remember from childhood and everything I have learned as a parent confirms one truth. It is easier to be a kid than to have one. It requires less energy to grow up than to be a grown-up. Thus, the disparity between our evening attitudes. Still, I'm not sure I'd change our ritual. There are few greater opportunities for a father to prove himself trustworthy than when his daughter is hurling herself off furniture, believing Daddy will catch her before she comes down crashing into the traffic on Fifth Avenue. That kind of trust is a treasure, one I am eager to protect, and that is why, even when she's been quiet a long while, and I am finally able to live consistently with my value of evening sloth, should I hear a cry from her dark room, I have reason to come running. This has been the Retrospective Podcast. Thank you for listening.